just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson, and if you stick around here long, you will find out that I am someone who believes in redemption because we have a God of redemption, and that means that there is no depth too low that he can't reach us. Mm. There's nothing we can do to escape his His love, his forgiveness, if we just got to turn to him. And you're going to hear a story like that today, and I want to get right into it. Chat is open, by the way, if you want to uh, be a part of the conversation. My guests today are Michaela Munn and Linda Znako, uh, and the interaction here, the way that, that God has woven things together is really a, a beautiful story, even in the heartache of it all. And so we're going to get to it. And ladies, I appreciate both of you being with me. Great to have you on Life Today Live. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. It's great to be with you again, Randy. Thanks. Linda, or uh, Michaela, rather, I want to I want to start with you um, and let you kind of set up uh, the story. Take us back to that pivotal moment in your life. Um, I became pregnant when I was a senior in college. I had a sexual assault that was not related to me being pregnant, and I internalized it. I felt dirty, disgusting, alone, and isolated. I didn't really know how to voice what had happened to me. And after the nine months, I gave birth to my son in a bathtub by myself. Unfortunately, my son um, died in that bathtub the night. And I lived um, and I struggled with that for a very long time. I was sentenced to prison. Um, I accept full responsibility for what I did because I know what I did was wrong. And when I went to prison, I was put in a suicide cell by myself mm. and I was given paperwork and the paperwork was what I had done. And I didn't remember a whole lot of it. I just remember reading it and crying and saying, I don't want to be this girl. I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to feel this anymore. And my grandparents had a really strong relationship with God and a couple of my friends did too, but I didn't yet. And I was pleading with him and I said, if you are real, then take this away from me because I don't want to feel this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking up in the light and I saw the outline of a cross in the light. And I said, okay, you're here in this nasty, dirty cell with me. So you have to be real. And I remember going to sleep that night, the first time in a very long time. And I felt like somebody was holding me, letting me know that everything was going to be okay. Michaela, um, so you, you explain a little bit about that, the time of the pregnancy. It was just a, a someone you knew, a boyfriend. This was obviously unplanned, unwanted pregnancy. Um, what was your what was your mental state during that time? You say you don't remember a lot. Was there a lot of alcohol and drugs involved or what was going on? I was severely depressed and I was using anything I could get my hands on. Hmm. I the pregnancy was not planned by any means, but the baby's father has been nothing but kind. He's forgiven me for what I've done hmm. and I couldn't ask for somebody better than that. Mm -hmm. And I just was so lost and so confused and so not not a 
I was here, but I wasn't here. Right, right. So I was present, but I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on. I was too busy numbing my pain instead of actually finding the root cause of my pain. Linda, um, where do you come into the picture? Hmm. Well, I came into the picture after this story hit the news and the um, investigation had taken its course, which was about two years. And I got, someone got a hold of me and invited me into getting connected with the baby's father because he needed to have a funeral. So after two years of the criminal investigation, Michaela was sentenced and this little this dad needed help with a funeral. So he asked me to help him. And so I went up to Elkhart, Indiana, and I officiated the funeral of Alexander Liam. And I learned a lot about the story and the background. And like Michaela said, the baby's father was, he is an extraordinary young man. Mm. He told me then that he forgave Michaela and that he didn't understand what had happened to her. And he has a kindness in his heart that is really supernatural that I think. But working with him on that funeral and um, meeting everyone involved at the time, I felt like I was entering into a sacred moment with him. And I felt it was so beautiful to bury that baby in a cemetery that was really meaningful to his family. And there were four, I think three or four generations of grandparents buried at that cemetery. Mm -hmm. And so this baby, a son was was buried with the great, great, great grandparents. And I just thought that was such a significant moment. And that's why I chose to have the funeral on grandparents day that year, mm -hmm. 2018. And I, I thought, you know, that baby had died in 2016. Uh, Safe Haven baby boxes had not been placed yet. There was nothing on the internet about Safe Haven law, the Safe Haven baby boxes or the uh, hotline. And so two years later, when we bury this baby, I'm on a campaign across all the state of Indiana for the Safe Haven baby boxes. And I keep thinking to myself, you know, I wonder what if, you know, you can't help but say like, what if when this mom Googled what do I do in this crisis pregnancy? If this would have come up, what, what would she have chosen? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know Michaela then. I didn't even really remember her name when two years later, three or four years later, I think at that point, someone had got a, gotten a hold of me and said, you know, Michaela wants to connect with you. Mm. And I was so taken back. And I thought this, I can't believe this story. <clears throat> and like you opened your program talking about redemption. And I, I know that redemption is like an unfolding flower. You know, it's not just the beauty of the grave and finally celebrating this life and honoring this child, which in and of itself is beautiful and sacred, but it's also the ongoing story. And I, I saw it then when I got that email and I've continued to see it in Michaela's life as we connected while she was in prison. So Linda, for people that don't know, give them the short version of your ministry because it's very unusual, but very beautiful yeah. as well. Explain what you do. Well, in 2009, there was a baby found in Indianapolis in a dumpster, and I wasn't a ministry at the time. I just was an ordinary person who heard the news and was really moved by this awful injustice that a child of God would be thrown away in a dumpster. And even though we know that's happening in back alleys yeah. all over this country, this one took the attention of the state of Indiana. And when I called the coroner's office and asked, what do we do when there's been a baby thrown away like this and abandoned, they explained to me that there is a criminal investigation. And if no parent is found, the baby will be put in a pauper's grave. And that's when I knew there was an injustice that I now know about and felt responsible for. And that opened the door for a 13 year ministry that I never expected 
to be a part of and launch a nonprofit. And in 13 years, I've claimed and celebrated the life at the grave of 37 babies. Yeah, which which is amazing and and hard, I would think. But uh, so and explain real quick the safe haven boxes. Exactly what is that? So Monica Kelsey's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So the state of Indiana is, I think, leading the way as as we are in so many incredible ways to um, give babies life, save lives, promote life, protect life. And Monica Kelsey um, has developed a box that gets put in the walls of fire stations and hospitals. And a baby in the state of Indiana can be safely surrendered under the Indiana, um, the safe haven law, 30 days and under. And now we have the enhancement of the baby box law, which allows a mother to anonymously safe surrender a baby. And we have had 21 babies safely surrendered in those boxes alive. And many of them here in Indiana and those babies have all been adopted. So Mm -hmm. it is an incredible adoption option. It is working. It is saving babies' lives. And it's also helping moms in crisis make a beautiful option, even though I know it's hard to have their child adopted and stay alive instead of putting them in a dumpster. Is Are those nationwide, do you know? They are not yet. They're in eight states. There's 114 boxes. <laughs> the legislation has passed in 11 states. They're active in seven. And they are there. It's a movement. And in light of yeah. Ruby Wade being yep. overturned, yep. we anticipate this to go like wildfire across the country. And it should. It should. Because it yeah. is... It is decrease in infant mortality. It's giving moms in crisis options. It's it's incredible. Yeah, no, I, that's exactly the kind of thing that we need to jump on immediately. Totally. And, and huge opportunity. Michaela, where were you uh, during the funeral for your son? I was in prison at that time. I didn't really know there was a funeral going on. Hmm. I knew there was a tombstone put, but my family did what they thought was best and they didn't share it with me. Hmm. And I don't think at that time I could have handled that. Yeah. Um, I got to see the funeral not too long ago with Linda. Linda actually showed it to me um, in an interview that we did. Hmm. And to see the hurt that I caused because I was hurting was a tough pill to swallow for me. Um, I know that I can't take back what I did and I can't change what I did, and I wish I could. But um, when I reached out to Linda, I told her, I said, I don't want another mother to feel like I did, mm. to feel unwanted, to feel like she has nowhere else to go. Yeah. I want her to know that she is valued and she is loved, no matter what your mistakes are. Yeah. And, I mean, I made the worst of the worst mistakes, and people have forgiven me for what I've done. And some people haven't, and that's okay, too. Mm. But you are forgiven. You are loved. Um, it wasn't until I realized that God loved me first that I could start forgiving and loving myself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's huge. Uh, because it's easy to stay stuck in, in shame, especially when we, we know we're wrong, you know, and that, that really is, I think why the, the gospel is so necessary for people to understand. It is good news. It's that we don't, we don't have to live under that, and we ultimately don't have to pay the price for our own sin. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and it, it's beautiful. So explain, well, how long have you been out of prison now? Only like three or four, three or four months, oh, so wow. not very long. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So walk us through sort of the process in, in prison uh, where you found mm-hmm. freedom uh, and and 
explain how the interaction went with you and Linda and kind of the, the journey you've been on because this is still fresh. Um, so in prison, I was trying to do my time the best way I knew how. I got enrolled into some time cuts and then I also started getting closer to a relationship with God by doing Bible studies that were offered for free for us inmates. And the closer I started spending more time with him, the more I was like, oh, I want to do something else. So I got involved in chapel ministry and Chaplain Blackburn was amazing. So is Chaplain Lewis. And they helped us so much at IWP, which is the Indiana Women's Prison. And Chaplain Blackburn actually helped us a lot more because he was incarcerated before he became a chaplain. So he knew kind of what we were going through and the struggles. And to have somebody like that to look up to him and to be able to work side by side by him, it was an honor. And then I really didn't expect to come home. I didn't even expect to have a modification when my attorney said, well, we're going to submit one. I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. Wabash isn't going to modify me. And the next thing I know that people came and told me that I had a modification hearing and I was like, no, I don't. No. And lo and behold, I had it on my birthday (laughs) and I never met Linda face to face at this point. Linda and I have exchanged what 70 some odd emails Mm -hmm. by this point. And I've never met her. Mm-hmm. And at first I was a little guarded with her because I didn't know what our relationship was consisting of. But the more that I opened up to her, the more receptive she was of me. And she was so nice <laughs> and open. And she was like, I don't, I know that you did was wrong, but I don't care. You're still human and I'm going to help you through this. And it turned into a beautiful friendship, which I, was not anticipating at that time. And that was the first time I ever met Linda was on April 21st. Mm -hmm. So we had the hearing and next thing I remember, because everything gets to be a blur because I was crying at this point was the bailiff came over and told and unlocked my cuffs on my hands. And I just looked down, I looked at my attorney and I turned around and I got to my mom and I burden was lifted. Like it felt something was different about that room than it was when I first walked in and there's no other way, but, but God to thank for that. Yeah. So, you know, the, you hear the old story about jailhouse conversions and and things Mm -hmm. like that. But I, I sense that what you were seeking was more than just, you know, freedom from a prison, but in a sense, freedom from your past in a lot of ways. Um, I, I would say like freedom from your inner prison. Yes. The one that you can't see. And we would often talk about it. Like we were behind physical bars, but the ones that are more dangerous are the ones that people can't see. Linda, uh, what, what are you seeing in Michaela? I, I just saw over the year that we corresponded on email, just her blooming and getting more free, like in her language and her hopes and her dreams for things. And the more I cast vision for her, about how the ministry I do, the ministry Monica Kelsey does, like we need her voice. Mm -hmm. And I contacted a friend of mine, Vanchen Stinger, um, locally here with Fox 59. And I said, you know, I really want to tell this story. And she was all about it. She loves the Lord. She loves the 
like I do, we talked often about the verse in James that mercy triumphs over judgment. And we were like, let's, (laughs) let's like talk about this publicly. And so that's when that interview was with Michaela. Well, I think it was during COVID because it was on Zoom. Yep. And it was that very um, piece on the media that her attorney used to go to the judge and ask for a modification hearing that Mm. she was not supposed to be granted. Mm. And so when I had cast vision for her, like she has more work to do and she's more, she's going to be more impactful out of prison than in prison at this point. And like she said, her, the attorney and the judge said, she's a model inmate. And I was like, then like, let's let her out, you know? (laughs) So I went to that testimony. I was, I went to the hearing, was able to give testimony for Michaela, give vision for her future. And when, like she said, when the judge said, you know, you're free to go home today. I mean, it was like heaven kissed earth and the thin space between heaven and earth was in that courtroom of heaven that day. We both felt the Holy Spirit's presence there. And the judge and her attorney was using, I mean, your attorney used the language of mercy. And it was it was the most powerful thing I think I'm gonna be able to say in my lifetime, I experienced the freedom on every level, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. The chains literally came off uh, spiritually and emotionally, mentally and physically for Michaela that day. And when she went home, and we now are developing our friendship this way and we are now telling story that i keep coaching her into sharing her voice and finding her voice and she already has all the courage i do not i mean i believe in her but i don't need to even promote that much because she's already on mission and knows that her voice is needed and the more she shares it the more purpose she feels she's living and that in and of itself is what i wish every woman could feel is that every woman who's in crisis still has purpose on her life. And it's a level playing field before God. And we all stand before the King of Kings as his daughter and with his identity on us. Like I always say with in Isaiah, with my ministry, you know, he called us by name and summoned us while we were in our mother's womb. And he didn't just call us by name, but then he bestowed upon us the title of honor. And I just watch Michaela living under more honor all the time. And I think that's a really beautiful, redemptive moment. And it's going to just continue to bloom. Yeah, you know, uh, Michaela, you, we hear the verse about all things, you know, work together for good. for Those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And the miracle of that is we're not talking about good things working together for good. That just makes sense. We're talking about the mm-hmm. worst things, something good coming out of it, the things that aren't yeah. good something yeah. good coming out of it. And then, of course, mm-hmm. Linda referenced the, the passage in James that says mercy triumphs over judgment. And you've experienced mercy, not just in your prison sentence, but uh, from, you know, the, the father of your child, uh, your family, Linda, a lot of people. How do you, do you, have you, have you really grasped the depth of the mercy uh, and the grace on your life and the vision and purpose that God has for you? I think that's a very fair question, but I also think that's a hard one. (laughs) It's a daily one. Yeah, it's a daily one, good one. Uh I don't really know where he's going to lead me, but I know that wherever he tells me to go, I need to listen. Um, I found a church family that has taken me with open arms and I appreciate that so much. And I have, a second cousin who's been nothing but kind to me and has been helping me with 
with things. And she said, you know, the more that I spend with you, the more that I learn from you. Mm-hmm. My experience is totally different than somebody else's. But just as like one part of the body does something, the other part can't do. Yeah. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to destroy one another. We're supposed to lift each other up. And it's so hard in society to do that. So what I tried to do in prison was I tried to create that environment for me. Yes, the area, the place that I was at was hard. Yes, some of the women were very tough to get along with. Sure. But that's how life is. Even if it wasn't inside prison, it's how it is out here. Yeah. So if I can spread just a little bit of kindness, if I can take my biggest mistake that I did and help somebody else, just one person, I've done my job. Mm-hmm. Do I get judgment? Yes. But I also do receive mercy, like you said. And I have been very blessed. I can't, I could never have imagined 10 years ago that my life would have turned out the way that it did. Yeah. And my son saved me. Mm. I mean, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. Mm. I would probably be in the same spot that he's at, but God has a different plan for me. And I will use this as much as I can to help save baby boxes to help Linda with her ministry, mm-hmm. to help any woman that's hurting and feels like she's not wanted or loved, because that's not true. She is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Linda, when I hear Michaela, I hear, frankly, a surprising amount of maturity, spiritual <laughs> maturity. I mean, God's clearly doing some deep work in her life. He sure is. And she has been refined by fire. I yeah. think if we ever see what they, what that really looks like and the yielding and submitting. Um, she has practiced that. And one of the things that I was most impressed by in her character this that last year we were writing was how much struggle there was living in prison. Mm. And I can't even imagine, but the challenges were, some of them to me sounded insurmountable. And the interpersonal relationships with roommates and then COVID and the quarantine yeah. and people being sick and not getting treated and all these things. I mean, she told me one day, I mean, you didn't have your basic needs met with some of the practical things. Some of the women didn't have tampons, you know, and it was like, what in the world? I mean, I don't know how you lived there and you just received it and made it work. And I think it developed you and refined you. And it's, it's like, you aren't even 30 years old yet. And you have wisdom beyond your years. And I think her humility, which she leads with everywhere she goes, is going to be what is a door opener for her across the board so that she can use her voice and promote the message of life and love and the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, we talk about, Revelation talks about overcoming by um, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And and yes, Michaela, you have one of those testimonies that will yeah. get people's attention. Yeah. But when you combine that with, you know, the, the sal- salvation of Christ, the blood work, you know, uh, the new creation, the forgiveness, the purpose, all those things, uh, you're in a very, very unique and powerful position for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you hope to see? I mean... <laughs> Big That's question. A very, yeah, I, know. I was like, I don't know where to go. Um, I think I've already seen some of it. 
I was already at the lowest point in my life and I saw some very tremendous hands in, in prison and the nicest, some of the nicest people I met were in prison mm. to, to help me rebuild and to help me yeah. do better. But they didn't, they weren't competing against me. They were supporting me. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was different because that's yeah. not how I was taught. Yeah. But to see that I know it exists and I know that it can happen. And that's what I want for everyone. I want you to succeed, but I want it to happen on your own terms. I don't want you to succeed because I want you to do. I want you to succeed because you want to. Mm -hmm. Uh, It all starts with a choice and a decision. And when I was at my lowest, the only way I could go was up. So when God knocked all those walls that I built years up to do, I was like, okay, he came like a wrecking ball and mm-hmm. just everything fell down. So where am I going to go? I have to go up yeah. and I have to figure out how to do it. I have to stay in his word. I have to have my actions speak what his word says. Mm-hmm. Am I perfect all the time? Absolutely not. I fail. Sure. But the thing is, is that he loves me in spite of my failure. Yeah. And if I can love somebody like that, mm-hmm. like God loves me, then I can slowly start changing the world one person at a time. I break it down into baby steps because if I make my goal too big, I'm going to lose focus on what's what's really matters. And it's just that one person that he needs me to talk to first. And then we can go from there. Yeah. And and it's like the scripture in Proverbs, your words, a light unto my feet, a lamp unto my path. Those lamps don't throw much light out, frankly. They give you just enough for one step. And so oftentimes you get one step and it's a matter of obedience. And then you get, you see another step after that. And so, yeah, I, I, what I'm hearing from you is consistent with scripture. Uh, and, and it's just a matter of daily obedience and believing. Do you struggle with the lies and the condemnation that the enemy brings against all of us? Or are you, has God pretty much armored you up to where you're just listening to his truth? At first, that was really hard because people in prison would remind you of who you used to be. Sure. And so you're retraining your brain to be like, that is not me anymore. I'm not her. Yeah. I'm this person. So studying the armor of God definitely helped (laughs) me in Ephesians 6. And I put it on every day and I probably looked crazy doing it in the middle of the night because I would get up so early (laughs) doing it. But that's what helped me and to help that I now know that I am valued and I'm loved no matter how many mistakes I may make. And to understand that and to help somebody else understand that, that makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, Linda, I'm just hearing God working in someone's life in a beautiful and redemptive and constructive way. And that's, that's God. God is life. You know, our our own sin is death. The world, you know, brings death, but the life that I'm hearing out of her is, it's just God. Uh, yeah. What do you, what do you, what's y'all's sort of mission now? You think what are you seeing? You know, you, you guys doing, especially with the ministry that you run. Well, you know, really, our mission daily is for each of us to spend time with Jesus and to continue the life of repentance that that Michaela's already talked about. Like we know that unless we're being discipled by God's Word and and Him every day, so that His like while we abide, we hear His voice. You know, I just told Michaela recently that. You know, as she was sharing some things with me, 
and like the constant desire to repent so that the Holy Spirit's flowing mightily through us, you know, we both realize that that's what it's going to take for us to do the work God's called us to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Acts 319 says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins will be wiped out and then his refreshing breath comes. And I think that as we listen to Michaela, you know, I hear the refreshing breath coming to her over and over again. And that is what the daily walk looks like for us. And to do the work that I spent two weeks at the state house, because Indiana was one of the first states to do the, you know, to promote the, write and promote the legislation post row. Yeah. And I was at the state house giving testimony and talking to legislators and like, I mean, it was grueling work, but it was so gratifying to be there promoting and protecting life. I had no idea that God was going to ask out of me recently, but it required me to walk with him every morning first and enter into remembering who I am and whose I am. And for us to say, then we hear from God about our next steps. We do not, I do not, and never have I, and he knows your name, had a five-year plan. Mm-hmm. I have a kind of a blueprint of what he's done. And so I look for that other places, like where is the familiar move of God so that I can keep walking on that path. But I am about to do a couple of things in my ministry in the next month I have never done before. And I'm like, I know this is God, so I'm going to keep doing it. But I still feel like I am more dependent on him than ever. (laughs) And that's why I know like he wants me there, but I also need power from on high to do it. And so Michaela and I both say like Monica Kelsey, even like missionally, we are about collaboration because it's the father, son, and Holy spirit working together to get more done and have more power. And we each know that if we don't start there, then everything we're doing is in vain. And we don't want that. So we want fruit and we want change and we want life. The moment you think that you got it all under control and and you, you know, you can go to God when you need him, that's when you're in trouble. That daily dependency really is key. I, I, I just love what God's doing in y'all's lives. And, and I just, boy, I just see a recipe for really impacting people's lives in such a strong way. Okay. Let me ask you real quick, just briefly, if there's a a young girl watching who, is pregnant, didn't plan it, didn't want it. What do you say to her? You're not alone. Um, you are loved. And I understand the shame that you must be going through because I was right there with you. There is a hotline you can call. If you Google search anything that I even remotely Google searched, there are people around that love you and care for you. They just may not know how to approach you. Yeah. You can find your safe person and tell them how you feel, but don't be scared. No matter what you've done, they already love you and they've already forgiven you for it. Mm. So good. Linda, I'll give you the last word. Thank you both for sharing. Uh, Anything you you want to add and let people know, please do. Yeah, thank you. I think education and awareness is so important and the safe haven law is must be just like shouted from the mountaintops in every state because it is in every state but not everybody knows about it and i think that you know as i talked to michaela and so many others they need to be educated and 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 be like realize they have options and like michaela said please go tell someone mama you are not alone email me like text me text michaela get on facebook those are the, you know, those are the messages I get at two thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I want to keep getting them. I really, really 
I love women. I love babies. And I love that we can work together and see that God is bigger than our circumstances. He's bigger than your circumstances, mama. And we will help you just reach out. Yeah. And you can reach Michaela on Facebook. Uh, Linda's on various social medias, uh, including the website, which is he knows your name.org. So reach out if you need to. And if God's calling you into this kind of ministry, you want to know about safe haven laws, you want to su- just financially support what Linda's doing. If you're moved, make that, that feeling action because you know, faith without works is dead. Let's be doers of the word and not hearers only. So this is, this is the path forward. I love it. Uh, bless both of you, Linda, Michaela, God's hands all over you. You just keep obeying one step at a time, hear his voice, tune out all the other ones, both sometimes the, obviously the negative ones, but sometimes people will come and say, this is what God wants you to do. Always take that to God. You know that Linda, you know, you know that, um, but I love what you're doing. So hit share. If you haven't subscribed or follow, do that now. Uh, and check out the website, he knows your name.org. Looks like this. It's also got Linda's book. Very interesting. So check that out. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. Ever flowing and abundant rings of grace.